From Content360, this is the state of client acquisition. Welcome to the State of Client Acquisition podcast. This is your host, Michael Bohannes. Today, I will be talking about the five stages of entrepreneurship as a coach, consultant, and small B2B executive. There is very often I see this with uh, prospects and clients. They believe that they are very unique in their situation. They don't see the patterns that I see because obviously I work with them from a 30,000 foot view. So I can see generally where they are in their entrepreneurial journey. And of course, assuming that your main goal is revenue maximization, then there are specific things that you can do to get from one stage to the next so that you get to that promised land where virtually you can get unlimited revenue and can build a great business. So there are five stages here. I'm going to be covering them. I hope this is going to be useful to help you locate yourself on the map. Where are you and identify what are the next steps that you need to take to advance to the next level. And without further ado, let's get right into this week's episode. How unique and how special are you? Of course, you're unique, you're special, but as far as your business is concerned and anything that prevents you from scaling it, chances are that other people have been there already. And I see this kind of snowflake thinking, and that is not the snowflake thinking in how we these days perceive it, but it's like my situation is so unique that the recipes that are out there don't really apply to me and I need to figure this out on my own. I need to figure a, a route to scaling. That is a pervasive view that I see among coaches, consultants, and small B2B companies who want to grow but are stifled by one thing or another. Now, the other day, I had somebody who was so busy running around, had so many different uh, initiatives and projects going on that they just didn't have the time to dedicate themselves to growing their business. It was just too much going on. Another person is just terrified of appearing salesy and so on. So there's just so many different situations, but ultimately they all boil down to very specific problems that can be solved. And what I found very useful to solving, and I'm going to introduce this to you today, is the five stages of entrepreneurship as a consultant or a coach, because these five distinct stages have very similar patterns in uh, kind of in each stage, there's always the same theme that people are struggling with. And I have out of these five stages, I've advanced to stage four over the last few years. So I wanted to give you my take on this. And hopefully this is going to be useful in helping you recognize these patterns and see a way forward, how you can get yourself to that next stage. So what I prepared is a short presentation on this. And if you're just listening to this, that's no problem at all. You will still be able to completely follow along. But if you're watching this, this is going to be quite useful. So what are the five stages of entrepreneurship as a consultant or a coach? Let's start at the very bottom on stage one. That's the stage I do anything for money. That is when you are so diversified, you don't have any specialized skill, or you're just not daring to take the specialized skill to market, that you accept pretty much any kind of job. That is the case with many people that I see that started out as, for example, as a, as a personal assistant to someone, then dabbled a little bit in marketing, had a bit of experience in recruiting and HR, 
And now they have been made redundant and they're trying to make it on their own. And they're essentially just offering to do pretty much anything that um, they could get a $12-$15 hourly rate for. And of course, that that has its problems. The earnings are very low. You're going to be capped at pre- pretty much anywhere between three and at best $5,000 a month. The sources of, cl- of clients are also manifold. Usually it could be anywhere from Upwork, your personal network, or the fact that you're just hustling and just trying to find people in your network's network to just get anything done. The pain that is experienced at this stage is that you're not specializing. Because you're not specializing, you don't have any strong marketable skills. Because of that, you're also not getting a very high hourly rate. So the solution naturally to this is to specialize. There are very few generalists who get really good rates. And even when you are a generalist, something like a marketing generalist, even there, you're probably going to have a hard time getting above a $30, $40 per hour hourly rate. And that's not great. We want to go way beyond that. So the solution is specialized. So what are the specific steps to do that? Broadly speaking, it's number one, pick a skill to specialize in. This should be something that you are remotely, I don't want to say passionate, I'm not a huge advocate of the passion principle, but it should be something that you find genuinely interesting. And where if you just dug into it and specialized in it and really understood it, that you would find joy in it. And I would not put the bar to this very high. It's interesting because as soon as you get into a field that's remotely, even remotely interests you, it becomes really yeah, interesting. And you will find joy in becoming really good at it, in helping other people with it, and in, you know, becoming excellent in it yourself. And that is a, there's a wonderful quote from Angela Duckworth in the book, I believe it's called Grit, where she says, in order to become really good at something, you have to replace novelty with nuance, meaning you have to get deep into a specific subject where nuances become so interesting that you are okay sacrificing novelty for that. So pick a skill to specialize in anything that you already have a decent talent for, that people have paid you for in the past that you would like to get good in. And that, importantly, is valuable in the marketplace, that people are willing to pay quite a lot for if you are really good at it. If you are a super efficient cleaning lady, you will maybe get, maybe you can get a $30 an hour rate, but nowhere near above that. So it should be a skill that is difficult, that few people, relatively few people can learn in a week or two. Is it something that should spark never ending learning? Okay. So once we've selected a a skill, then just keep uh, the income to keep the lights on. And I always say that when you want to advance from either from any stage to the next one, you will probably have to work overtime. It's going to be very hard to keep the lights on if you were to advance to the next stage while also still have revenue from the previous stage. So I say usually 40 hours a week to keep the lights on, to keep things going in that stage, and then work an extra 20 hours so that you can get testimonials, try to get clients in that space you have specialized in. And that, of course, is a chapter in itself, how to do that. I would recommend that you work either at a very strong discount or even work for free. 
Just find people who are potential clients, ask them if they have the problem that you can help them with and say that you'd be willing to work for free if they were to give you a video testimonial, if they're happy and uh, three referrals. I think that is a definitely a good way of going about it. I personally just know that if somebody came to me and offered me this kind of deal, hey, I'm not skilled at this area yet. I'm going to, to do this for you. I'm going to keep you very closely in the loop so that you see what I'm doing. Let's say it's running Facebook ads, right? So I don't yet know exactly. I have not done this yet. I have read up about it. I'm going to invest a lot of time in it and I really want to get your results so that I'm going to work for you for free. And you will, if you're happy, you'll give me a video testimonial and free referrals. I would be perfectly happy to do that. And with that, you then can slowly build up a one to two month cash reserve so that you have a little bit of a cushion in case things go south. You can then always fall back on that for a few weeks. And then as you have built this up, you then gradually phase out the generalist clients and only take on specialist clients. That's the goal. Of course, sometimes you will have to, you'll have a dearth of clients, so you have to get back to the generalist client type. But over time, personally, my phasing out from, and that was from stage three to stage four, that took me a half a year. So it's perfectly fine to always give the phase out from one stage to the next about half a year's time. Good. So then we advance to stage two, which is the specialist, but a very special specialist who is namely afraid of selling. That is not uncommon. If you come from stage one and you've already found clients by specializing and then you proactively reach out to clients, you have a big advantage versus people who start out at stage two. And most of the people that I speak to who are former professionals who were in a corporate situation and now are striking out on their own, they usually start at stage two. They are not generalists. They are already specialized in one particular area that they have been earning money in. So they already have a specialized skill. However, given the world that we grow up in, they just are completely unskilled as far as client acquisition is concerned. And that is absolutely understandable. I would not knock anyone that they are professionals and they don't know how to get clients because it's just not embedded in our education culture whatsoever. And I really think it should be. And uh, the fact that companies like mine are doing well is a testimony to the fact that it is not going well in the general educational curriculum. The idea of simply creating something that the market will pay you for, this entire process, irrespective of the skill itself, you can be extremely skilled, but be poor like a church mouse because you cannot, you're unable to sell yourself. You don't understand this process of marketing, prospecting, selling. So the fact that this is not working is, yeah, it's a testimony to the state of our education system that we value specialized skills over the topic of prospecting and selling. Cool. So let's get into it. Well, how does stage two, what does stage two look like? Generally, the earnings tend to be somewhere between two and 5k a month. Yes, as a specialist, you can get well above that. I just see that this is the bulk of the people in this space. Generally, the source of clients are referrals and repeat clients. And the pain point that is experienced is because they don't want to be salesy, they also have a poor client flow. Because of that, 
sometimes there's one or two months where not much is coming in, they become willing to offer discounts and that then leads to low rates. Predictably, this leads to frustration, overwork and overwhelm and the general feeling of purposelessness. Like, where is this going? The biggest problem at this stage is that many people who are at this stage make a virtue out of their inability to sell. And that is the thing that then I do have to hold against them. I would never have, have hold it against them that they don't know how to sell. What I do hold against them is very often that they have this attitude of, oh, I don't want to be salesy. Because I do have to ask you, what do you prefer? Being salesy or selling or actually having more money? There is nothing wrong with selling. It's like it's happening all around us. And there are ways how to do it respectfully and in a friendly and not too annoying way. But we live in a market economy. And in a market economy, there are people who sell products and services. You are being bombarded with marketing messages every day all over the place. Why are you so special that you don't want to participate in this? Yes, I know. Obviously, we all would love to be in this position where we just exist and people come to us with credit card pulled out and they are willing to pay with you. It's just that's a pipe dream. It's just not going to work out. For 99.99% of people, this is not going to work out. So we have to engage in some form of prospecting, marketing, or selling. And if you think that you're so special that you don't have to do that, then I think, yes, then you will always stay uh, stuck at anywhere between 2 and 5K a month. So the solution to this situation is you learn to sell and create a predictable process and get off your high horse. So the way out the specific steps are, first of all, ask yourself, what do you prefer, revenue or your haughty principles of not wanting to be salesy? Once you decide that you are okay with being a little bit salesy and you can do that in a respectful way, just learn to sell. And that consists of largely two areas. One is prospecting, which is starting conversation with prospects online. LinkedIn and Facebook are very good sources for that. And the second part is publishing great content that your target audience will resonate with. These two reinforce each other. And as you are starting to get out of stage two into stage three, the vast majority of your new clients will actually come from starting conversations with people, not from content. This is why so many people are stuck at these two to 5K a month because all they do is publish content and they believe that people will come to them. That's a wrong idea, wrong impression. So that is the whole area of prospecting. And the second area that you need to learn how to do well is selling on Zoom. This entire process of getting a stranger to between the time that they sign up for a call with you until they are on the call, there's a really interesting phase of how do you nurture them so that they come into the call already prepared so you don't have to sell to them as much but only answer their questions there's a great amount of things that you can do there notably ask them to watch a specific video where you explain to them how you work and then the the session on zoom itself where you will sell them into your product your service and ideally take payment right then and there a very important sub-aspect of getting out of this next stage, and I see this many times, is uh, learning time management. Time blocking your day, not working off a to-do list, but planning from the macro to the micro. So I have this goal for this month. In order to do this goal, I have to take these amounts of activities. To have these amounts of activities, I will need to schedule them in, in a time block planner and then not deviate from that. All of that is part of getting from stage two to stage three. And stage two is really the giant 
bottleneck where the vast majority of people are trapped in. Very few people advance to stage three, which involves a certain degree of selling or being such a specialist that you're one of the rare few who actually managed to attract clients just from their competence, their reputation in the market and their content. There's very few of those, but you actually can get there. It's possible, but it takes way longer than the route that I'm suggesting, which is learning to prospect and learning to sell. So, so much for stage two, which is the giant graveyard of many, many dreams because people get stuck there and never want to move beyond that. So here's how you can move beyond that. Now let's look at stage three. It's the busy professional selling her time. So the keyword here is selling. This person is already well-versed with approaching people, even strangers. And that, by the way, selling to strangers is the number one key differentiator that gets you from merely having a skill that people come to you for versus having an actual business that you can create systems around. Because once you learn how to sell to strangers, then really the sky is the limit. Your network is always limited. You can be as gregarious, as outgoing, as extroverted as you want, but your network will very often hit a certain limit. If you're able to sell to strangers, you can really build a business around that. So the busy professional selling her time has earnings, and that's it's a quite wide range. It's anywhere from 5 to 25K, depending on how ambitious they are and also where they live and so on. By the way, this entire process is, of course, I'm referring to the developed world. So um, uh, North America and, and uh, Europe, large parts of Europe, Australia, and so on. So, of course, and I don't know about Asia, but I'm kind of I'm, I'm in the Western world. This is the area that I talk about. Now, in, at stage three, the sources of clients are all over the place. It's very often, it's still very often referral and repeat and inbound, but there very often is already an element of outbound. So the people who are at that level know how to actually go out there into the market in case referral and repeat don't bring enough business in. So they know how to go outbound. And that is the key differentiator between stage two and stage three. There's a couple of people in stage three who, as I said, can go without outbound, but they tend to be in the very small minority. The main pain point associated with stage three is time issues. Because they are so successful, they've become victims of their own success. If they want more time with family or for any kind of activity, they have to trade that for less income because they effectively are selling their time. And the solution is to productize, to build a business instead of selling a skill. And how to do this? First of all, think what are the parts of your service that tend to be the same with all or the majority of your clients? Try to distill the essence. If you, for example, are doing Facebook ads for small businesses, then this is definitely something you can, instead of doing it for them, you can teach them how to do it themselves. So as you are thinking this through, map out a six to 12 week course and coaching program. There will be two to three pages in Word, not more, or Google Docs, nothing more than that. And it should be something that falls into one of the following two categories. Either it teaches people how to solve the problem themselves, a problem that so far you've been doing for them, or that leverages your skills to teach people in a sort of adjacent field. This is the case of Liz, one of my more recent clients. She has been freelance designer for 15 years. She's been very successful at that. 
And she, over the years, she has coached many other freelancers to build their business. And she's been doing this pro bono. And over time, she realized, hey, there's a business in this. I can actually teach this. And now she created a course and group coaching program that will get people and teach them to do this themselves, right? So that they can learn how to do it. These are the two alternatives. Now, third step here is to get potential clients on Zoom and sell it to them before building it. That is so key. Do not build the course yet. You first get prospective clients on Zoom and sell it to them anywhere between $2,000 and $10,000 paid up front. This is a commitment from their side that they will be working with you. As you are creating it, you will give them great access to you so that this is kind of the trade-off that you are making. You will give them a lot of access to you. They can ask you any questions at all times. Later clients will not get that. They will have to participate in group calls, for example, because you need to keep this efficient. But initially, the way how you sell the first client is by telling them, hey, I'm going to help. I'm going to build the program alongside with you. You're going to have access to me, but I'm going to be building it alongside you. So it's not going to be already yet. Then you build a course as you are serving them, and then you gradually phase out done for you clients. You need to be able to, and that's really key, sell at least two to three complete strangers into it. From Taking from the network is fine, but do sell a couple of strangers into it before you actively start phasing out done for you clients, because otherwise it could, could have been flukes potentially. So you might definitely want to uh, sell it to strangers first. So that is stage three. Now we get to stage four, the business owner who acquires uh, clients organically. And the only difference between stage four and stage five is how you get clients, whether you pay for acquiring them or you just do it all by hand, which would be the organic route. So let's look at this. And this is, by the way, the stage that I am in, and I'm already developing tools, how I can uh, outsource this and pay someone else to do this for me so that I can transition into ads soon. So the earnings are anywhere between $10,000 and $50,000 a month. And the sources of clients are outbound prospecting and inbound via content. The pain at this stage is that a lot of time is spent on client acquisition and maintaining this whole system. So for example, I have virtual assistants that I do need to manage and sometimes they don't do the best job. So I need to work with them so that they can do it better. And this whole system still requires quite a bit of my time. So that over time, I'm going to phase it into stage five, which is going to be paid client acquisition, which really gets you to unlimited earning potential. And so the way out to the next stage is to replace prospecting with Facebook or YouTube ads and or YouTube ads and replace yourself on sales calls with commission-based sales staff. That is most likely possible from 30, 40, 50K onwards, then you can start hiring people who will do the sales calls for you. And the great thing about stage four is that you can get to almost a million dollar run rate purely based on organic. Like, so that there's two kind of sub stages in stage four, let's call it 4A and 4B. 4A is where you do it everything yourself and you only outsource some administrative work to a virtual assistant. That is 4A where you do it yourself. There, I'm pretty sure it just maxes out at 40K a month. And then when you want to go beyond that, you can, but then you have to start hiring people, not full-time staff, more people that are commission-based, for example, sales staff. 
people who will take your prospects on a sales call and, and sell them into it. You then pay them a commission. Or similarly, you will pay someone to do your prospecting so that they start the conversations with your prospects and then get them to a point where they want to take a call with you. So those are the two substages in stage four with the ultimate goal of getting, of course, to stage five, which is the business owner who pays for client acquisition. And there the earnings are virtually unlimited. You then are simply tweaking the system and adding people into the whole machinery that is generating you clients. But all of this can then be done with via paid ads. A small fraction of the business comes via organic, but the vast majority comes from paid ads. And you have all these systems and funnels that deliver you clients. And with that, we've covered the five stages. And I would like to invite you to think about which stage are you on and what are the steps that you need to take to get to the next stage? Every single time I speak to someone who believes that their situation is so unique, they have not considered these five stages and how they can get to, to the next one. They believe that it's so unique, the situation that they're in. I would invite you to think differently about it. I hope this was useful and I'm looking forward to speaking to you next week. The State of Client Acquisition is a Content360 production. Music by Gavin Knox Grand. To sign up for alerts and to submit written and audio questions, go to stateofclientacquisition.com. I'll talk to you in the next episode. Yeah.